Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Dale, who are you? I'm you. I'm future Dale. Navy Federal Credit Union sent me. Listen, your future depends on something important, like saving the world. No, I said your future, not the future. You need to start saving with Navy Federal so you can buy your dream house. With savings resources, no monthly fees, and accounts for your every need, you can plan for your future at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Open to the armed forces, the DOD veterans, and their families. Insured by NCUA and Equal Housing Lender. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Hello, everybody. Shane Dennis Show here on Friday. Happy noon time. Episode 434 of the show. Got some WSU Houston rewinding to do. Lay out the rest of the show for you here in a second. How you can enjoy the show is multifold. You can call us 316-669-4996. You can text us. The text line is 316-247-0923. You can tell your smart speaker at your house to play KKGQ 92.3. That's us. Tune in on your phone, ESPNWichita.com, on your laptop, your computer. Follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. It is March 3rd. It's the 62nd day of the year. There are 303 days left in 2023. And we're heading for a high today of 58 degrees here in Wichita. Okay. Mentioned the WSU-Houston game we'll discuss here in just a little bit. We'll have our story of the week, courtesy of Derby Mattress at 105 South Baltimore. As we do every Friday, Jack and I will have our story of the week. And that comes up at 1225. Uh, Twitter question has to do with Big 12 basketball tournament. Who's going to win it? At ESPN Wichita. Go there and vote. Let me know. Also, some headlines. Luca and Kyrie make Dallas history, among other headlines. WSU AD Kevin Saul, 125. He'll join us then. Big weekend for Shocker Sports. Baseball and softball's home openers occurring this weekend. Speaking of, I'll have some WSU baseball tickets to give away. If you're into that, so be listening for that throughout the course of the show. And I'm old Jack Young, March 3rd edition, coming up at the end of the show. And then we'll hand you off to the Pulse from 2 to 4, and off into the weekend you go. All right. There is your show for today, and here is your moment of levity for today, courtesy of Jack Johnson. Well, Shane, two guys went camping out in a tent. One of them crawls out to pee before bed and comes back all wet. The other rider asks, or the other camper asks, is it rainy outside? He goes, no, it's windy. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, I have a couple, if you don't mind. It's your show. That's true. It is. Plus, it's Friday. Um, hey, Jack, you remember when plastic surgery was a taboo subject? I do. Now you mention Botox and nobody raises an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I have one more in me? Mm, I don't think so. Quit while I'm ahead. March 3rd, it is National Employee Appreciation Day. It's National Day of Unplugging. Kicks off a 24-hour period from sundown to sundown to unplug, unwind, relax, and do things other than using today's technology, which is what I'm doing right now.
So I will not be participating in National Day of Unplugging, at least not today. Uh, National Dress in Blue Day. National Anthem Day. It commemorates the day that the United States adopted the Star-Spangled Banner, written by Francis Scott Key. Star-Spangled Banner became the National Anthem in 1931. National I Want You to Be Happy Day. It's also National Cold Cuts Day, which if you were listening just a little bit ago, you heard on Greeny. And it's National Mold Wine Day. National Speech and Debate Education Day is today as well. Tomorrow's March 4th, and it's Saturday. And we don't normally do shows on Saturday. So look forward to National Grammar Day, National Pound Cake Day, and National Sons Day, S-O-N-S. So you can tell your folks tomorrow, Jack, that uh, be kind because it's National Sons Day tomorrow. Uh, March 3rd, 1923, Time Magazine published its first issue. I mentioned this a little bit ago, 1931, President Herbert Hoover signed a congressional resolution making the Star-Spangled Banner the National Anthem of the United States. In 1916, Woodrow Wilson signed an executive order designating the song written by Francis Scott Key in 1814 was the country's national song, but it wasn't until 15 years later Herbert Hoover made it the national anthem of the United States. Birthdays, 1831, George Pullman, innovator of the industrial age, developing luxurious passenger cars. He was born 1831. Alexander Graham Bell, 1847. And Patricia McLaughlin, 1938, award-winning American children's author was born today. So, Jack, if I told you prior to 6.01 p.m. Central Standard Time last night that Wichita State would go down to Houston against the number one team in the, in the, na- uh, in the nation and they would shoot 65% from the floor and 50% from three, what would you say? I'd say the Shockers would have a damn good chance at an upset. They lost by 17, and they did that very thing. 65% from the floor, but only got up 37 shots because they turned it over 20 times and were out-rebounded on the offensive end 11-3. to That was the killer right there. The turnovers, which turned into 17 Houston points, and the offensive rebounds, plus eight for Houston, that turned into 15 second-chance points for Houston. Oh, the bench, too. Wichita State only got five points off their bench. So the Shockers actually, up until about four minutes left in the game, had a chance to break the school record for shooting percentage in a game against, of all teams, the best defensive team in the country at their place. Figure that one out. They made six of 12 threes and only missed 13 shots from the floor against the stingiest defense in the country by quite a bit. And yet, after a pretty spirited First half, and some foul trouble sprinkled in there. Houston blitzed Wichita State in the second half, scored 50 points on them. And the Shockers, statistically, are a pretty fair defensive team themselves. Not on the level of Houston, but they're in the top 30 in about every important metric or category. 
field goal percentage defense, three-point field goal percentage defense, stuff like that. But Houston flipped the switch at halftime and ran Wichita State out of the gym. Now, they there was a – in the first half, I think – let me double-check here. In the first half, Wichita State was two of four from the line, and Houston was 13 of 13. So that was kind of a source of heartburn, I'm sure, for some Shocker fans out there that felt like Wichita State wasn't getting a fair whistle. It evened up the fouls, anyway, a little bit more in the second half. And actually, Houston fouled more than Wichita State did for the game. But the Shockers were pretty paltry at the free throw line altogether. And Houston never dropped off. They were 20 of 22 from the line for the game. Meanwhile, Wichita State was only 12 out of 21 and only 10 of 17 in the second half. But it was a weird game, man, for them to shoot that well, but in a 40-minute game, not even average a shot per minute is pretty mind-boggling. Sometimes stats don't tell you anything. Sometimes they tell you everything. But in this case, turnovers... And Houston's offensive rebounding was by far the the big story in the game, statistically, anyway. 14 Houston steals. The Shocker bench continues to be very, very compact as far as the minutes are concerned. Uh, Jerron Pierre Jr., and they were shorthanded last night because of uh, illness to Jaquan Walton. That certainly didn't help either. Their leading score didn't play because he was sick. But Jerron Pierre Jr. played every minute of the game. And Craig Porter Jr. probably would have if he wasn't in some pretty serious foul trouble. And James Rojas actually did foul out with eight points and six rebounds. But he played 30 minutes. Xavier Bell, in the absence of Jaquan Walton, drew the starting nod, played 28 minutes, and made all three of his shot attempts for eight points. Craig Porter led Wichita State, not surprisingly, 17 points, seven rebounds, three assists in his 34 minutes. But off the bench, not much, and really not many meaningful minutes, to be honest. Melvion Flanagan played 12 minutes off the bench. Poor Bear Chandler played 10 And statistically, nobody did much of anything. Jalen Ricks, there was a Jalen Ricks sighting. Played five minutes, had three points. But his three and Poor Bears two were the only points off the Shocker bench. Isaac Abide suddenly can't crack the rotation. He only had two minutes last night. Okafor, eight minutes. That was pretty much it. So a very, very odd game turned in by Wichita State last night. Couldn't hang on to the ball. Otherwise, you might have thrown a scare into the number one team in the country, but they shot 65% for the game and lost by 17 to Houston. They will wrap up their season, the regular season anyway, Wichita State will, Sunday afternoon. It'll be senior day against USF, and if they win that game, the Shockers will be the sixth seed in the upcoming tournament. So the loss last night, along with Temple's victory over UCF, eliminates Wichita State from having a first-round bye. The top five teams don't have to play that first day in Fort Worth. It would have been a long shot, certainly. It would have been a tall task to ask Wichita State to go down the stretch in their last three games and win even two of them, to be honest. 
the last four to win three, probably a little tougher. What was it? Memphis, Tulane, Houston, and USF. That, I think, was probably about the size of what needed to happen for them to get to the fifth seed and maybe get a little help, too. But they didn't. And Wichita State loses to Houston 83-66. Jamal Shedd had a career-high 25 points for Houston. Marcus Sasser had 24. And they blew open a two-point halftime lead into that 17-point victory when all was said and done. So it'll be interesting to see if Jaquan Walton is okay enough to play in that game on Sunday. Uh, set out due to illness. Quincy Ballard, I think we can give up on the idea of, of him playing anymore this year. Nothing officially has been mentioned about his availability um, except for day of the game, an hour before tip, we're told that he's not going to play for about the last, oh gosh, a month or more. Meanwhile, other shocker sports this weekend. Baseball home opener is today at 3 o'clock. Softball will open up at home tomorrow with the black and yellow challenge. They welcome in Bradley and Western Illinois. Wichita State, meanwhile, in baseball, will play Oakland starting today at 3. And the volleyball team has announced its spring volleyball schedule as well. Coming up here in about three weeks, it'll be the black and yellow scrimmage. That's Friday at 7 on March 24th. Then K-State will come in here Saturday at 2. And in the month of April, the volleyball team will go to Kansas City and to Nebraska for their spring matches. The black and yellow scrimmage March 24th and the next day against Kansas State. Open to the public, free admission if you want to go watch the volleyball team in a couple of their spring matches March 24th and 25th. 24th is at night. 25th is in the afternoon. Free of charge if you want to go watch the volleyball team in their spring matches. That one in Nebraska is at a neutral site to take on the University of Nebraska Volleyball Powerhouse. So that's what's going on throughout the world of Wichita State sports. Up next, of course, the senior day for the men's basketball team, and then on to Fort Worth for both the men and the women next week. Speaking of baseball, if you want to come out today at 3 o'clock, I got a family four-pack of tickets for you. Call Jack. Be caller number 2, 316-669-4996. If you want to go to the game today, I got four tickets for you. It's at 3 o'clock. Weather's supposed to be just fine. So come on out. Be caller number 2. If you're lucky enough to win the tickets, 316-669-4996. Call Jack now, and good luck. When we return, our story of the week, brought to you by Derby Mattress. It is 1218 on a Friday. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. 
All session tickets are now on sale and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years, depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting FirstAlert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liberella. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seamless Cabernet, only $9.99. And don't forget WBC's Wooshock Wheat Six Packs, just $8.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. What does it feel like to be in Kansas City, the soccer capital of America? To hear thousands shouting as one, to see waves of sporting blue, to hug total strangers, to be a part of something bigger than any of us. What does it feel like to be at Children's Mercy Park? It feels like home. It's showtime in Kansas City. Sporting opens the season at home on March 11th versus the L.A. Galaxy. Grab your tickets now at SportingKC.com. Jack, welcome back. It's 12-21. And every Friday at this time, Jack and I deliver our stories of the week. They are a presentation of Derby Mattress. 105 South Baltimore, their everyday prices beat the sale prices of big box stores. Go down there and see for yourself. Derby Mattress, 105 South Baltimore. My story of the week occurred i think it was pretty much a week ago now the entirety of this story i'm sure goes back further than just a week but it came to light about a week ago i think a week ago today but dateline newton kansas some newton uh parents were Apparently mad as hell after learning the school board relaxed the rules to acquiesce to a a wrestler ahead of the state wrestling tournament. The kid in question apparently was caught on video vaping, which is against the rules. And there was a emergency board meeting or a meeting that they decided, all right, we need to figure out what to do. And I'm paraphrasing here, connecting dots, to still allow this kid to wrestle in the tournament because apparently he's a good wrestler. A Newton parent was quoted as saying, quote, come to find out this was a very rushed meeting, unquote. And this parent, whose name's Lance Gormley, uh, this story was on, on kick.com, 
he's not only a parent, but he's a substitute teacher within the district. And his kids play sports at the school. So he's he's totally locked in with a code of conduct, a code of conduct that the students have to follow the rules in order to be able to compete. Uh, he was shocked and disappointed when he saw the school board called a last-second meeting behind closed doors. Lance Gormley went on to say to Cake, uh, Cake News, quote, I'm very disappointed, absolutely disappointed with the conduct of the school board and those that call this meeting to order and what appears to be the dead of night on Ash Wednesday when most people are at church, unquote. So, yeah, this did go back further in a week, just, like, just as I suspected. Uh, so he started asking questions. Uh, said it all started when a video came out showing the student vaping inside the building, which is a violation of the school's code of conduct. Um, he was allowed, this kid was, to wrestle after the board called this special meeting. And according to the Newton Kansan, board members spent hours in executive session. When they came out, board member Luke Edwards made a motion to, quote, amend our code of conduct, add language that states every situation is different, and administrators reserve the right to deviate from the code of conduct when deemed appropriate, unquote. The motion passed four to two, making the change effective immediately, and the student in question wrestled that Friday, a week ago. So getting back to this parent-slash-substitute teacher, uh, teacher, he said, quote, where do we go from here is to make sure that our school board members who did this are held accountable and only people that can hold these people and only people that can hold these people accountable. Those in our community and us in the community have a decision of whether or not we're going to continue to establish and create a culture of excellence through our railer way or whether we're going to let the railer way derail. Unquote. Well, Jack, um, this clearly sounds to me like um, selective rule following, depending on how good a kid is at a sport. Um, it's not apples to apples, but I'll use a comparison that my high school basketball coach went so far as to do in a state championship game that we were playing in. Um, one of my teammates got a technical foul uh, due to behavior. It wasn't like he grabbed the rim or anything like that. He said something, got a technical, and the team rules are were you get a technical for behavior you set out the rest of the game, regardless of how long it is. It was a state championship game, and this happened in the second quarter. He was our second leading scorer. And our coach benched him for the rest of the game with a state title on the line. Not exactly apples to apples, but he stood by his guns when a lot of the parents were like, yeah, we know that's team policy, but can't we just relax the rules just this one time? Bad comparison or no to this Newton kid that was caught vaping and then the school board calls a rushed hush-hush meeting and basically changed the rules for this one kid. Yeah, I think it kind of comes down to your moral on winning and losing, uh, whether that be high school sports, college sports, professionally. I think more so at the high school level, you see it done a lot more of trying to really maintain uh, your rules or your structures. You know, I think in the moment, right, when you get all the way to a state championship game to your story and, you know, a player knowingly breaks the rules like that was apparently your rules all season long. It didn't happen. It didn't matter if that happened in the home opener. It didn't matter if that was in the second half of the state championship game. Those were the rules. And you know what? I don't want to sound like a an old man yelling at the clouds because back then I probably would have been pissed off. If those were my rules. I got teed up and then I got benched, but I couldn't 
go back and say, well, that's unfair, right? Those were the rules. Yeah. And if you bend the rules, then you kind of feel like, well, if I'm bending the rules now to result in wins, then it, it doesn't really matter. It's not really now, a rule. Now it all depends on who who does it and how good they are. Yes. And that really pisses people off. That is, That is another thing that, you know, in high school – uh, I had seen a couple of times, you know, just because, you know, in high school, there's more politics than anything, right? Yeah. Some coaches have their favorites, sometimes the best player, sometimes the coach's pet, and those guys will get the rules bent for them a little bit more. Uh, you know, there were a handful of times in high school that I was benched in my games, and now I look back, you know, I guess this would be seven, eight years later, I was a bit of an ass. Like, I was a, a cocky 14-, 15-year-old, and I felt no. like, you know, the rules, yeah, I felt like no. the rules didn't apply to me, right? And then you look back and you go, you know what? I'm kind of glad that I learned that harsh lesson that you can't talk back to coaches, you mm. can't have a bad attitude, because if you do and you're constantly having the rules bent for you, you're going to continue to break those rules. Now, in this case of the Newton kid, you know, with the vaping scandal, or if you want to call it a scandal, or getting in trouble for vaping, no, it's not the worst thing in the rule, but it, but it's more so of the the precedence of that rule. It's what is the meaning behind it. Because if you bend the rules on that, if you say, well, he's a really good player, let's uh, not punish him here, then you're maybe having a kid that earlier in the year or later down the road, if you do hang on to that punishment, then that player doesn't believe you anymore. And or a non-athlete that yeah. got caught vaping, what about him? Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's take a look at, at his or her case, too. And it, and it's it a slippery to, slope. It is, and it gets to a point where where do you draw the line? Like, okay, like you said, vaping the worst thing in the world? Probably not, but I don't think it's good for you, and that's the rule. So if you're going to pick and choose the, the rules that you enforce, uh, you got anarchy or close to it. Absolutely, and you want to make sure your team stays tightly knit. And if anything, you want the players to kind of rally around and not get mad at the coach. You want them to get mad at the player. Not that it's about uh, who's right and who's wrong, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane. But I'm sure in your state championship game, were your teammates more upset at the guy that mouthed off and got teed up, or were you guys mad at the coach that then had to bench him? But you all knew that was the rule. Uh, at the time, it was really hard to gauge because it was during the game. Um, I, and I can't remember what was said exactly at halftime, um, if there was an explanation or what. But, I mean, we kind of all noticed when he wasn't coming back in the game and we knew he wasn't hurt that, okay, this is the way it's going to be. By the way, we lost by 25 to Mound okay. Ridge. It got destroyed. Um, he would have helped. I don't know if they we'd have won with him, but – yeah, after the fact, a lot of the parents were like, man, you picked a fine time to, well, <laughs> enforce a, a team rule. And uh, I don't know how many parents knew all the ins and outs of our code of conduct policy on that team, but they found out the hard way that night. You know, it kind of reminds me of a story when I played football in high school, and one of our rules, back then I thought it was stupid because, you know, you're practicing in the off season, it's... 90 to 95 degrees and humidity in Kansas. And one of our rules were, was if you were on the sideline, you could not have your helmet off. And no matter what the circumstances were, if you drank oh, water, wow. yeah, you had to shoot the water through the, uh -huh. the face mask. And if you did take your helmet off, it was to adjust something on your helmet. But it had to be back on. And, and there'd be Man. kids that, you know, were down the sideline and they'd take their helmet off. And, you know, a coach would come over and say it was our, I think it was our special teams coach. And he would say, all right, that's going to be, you know, it'd be something along the lines of, 30, 40 push-ups. So it was a quick thing. It was just a quick, you go do those yeah, push-ups, you come yeah. back over. It wasn't, they didn't berate you, didn't scream. That was just the rule because I think the, the message they were trying to send is if you got your helmet off, you're not really into it, you're not caring, you're not ready to go back yeah. in if somebody was to have your number called. And at the time, I'm going, man, this is stupid. It's hot out here. We need to take our helmets off. And there would be times they could say, you know, the, the coach rallied everybody at midfield at the end of practice. We could take our helmet off. We could take yeah. our pads off. Practice was done. But at the same time, now that I look back and I say, you know what, that makes sense because if a kid had his helmet off and he, let's say he's drinking water and the coach comes over and says, hey, put your helmet back on. He goes, oh, I'm drinking water. He goes, okay, well, be sure to put it back on. Then the next kid takes his helmet off and says, oh, I'm tying yeah. my shoe. I can't tie my shoe if I have my helmet on or I'm fixing something here. And then 
when one guy takes, takes someone off, the second guy does, the third guy does, the fourth guy does, and then everybody looks to maybe the leader, the, the captain, and if he's got his helmet off, then it kind of becomes Why can't that, I take my yes, helmet off? It becomes yeah. the anarchy type of thing where then if the coaches don't have the respect for the rules they've set in place, the players are never going to respect him. It doesn't matter if you're 14 years old. It doesn't matter if you're 30 years old because if you don't have the respect for the coach and the rules they lay in place, you're not going to really have that structure that you want for a winning culture. So to your point on this story – I think it's kind of stupid that you would ever bend the rule just because of the success of the player because you will lose the respect of the 70%, 80% of the team that maybe wouldn't have that same treatment if they weren't as good as this Newton guy. That's my story of the week. How about yours? Okay, this one just came out about, uh, I'd say, 20 minutes ago. Did you, by chance, get to see the C.J. Stroud interview? Heard about it, didn't see it. <laughs> Well, I got some audio to play for you because I think it's better okay. to play the audio. It's only 28 seconds long, but I think it's more fitting rather than me just telling you what he said about which quarterbacks he idolizes. So without further ado, here is Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud heading into the draft on who he idolizes playing the quarterback position. He, uh, one of the, even one of the reasons I wore number seven was because Michael Vick. Uh, so um, he inspired me not only just to uh, be athletic and use my athleticism, but uh, as a black quarterback to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. And that's something that he was very underrated in. Uh, so, and then I like I looked up to Deshaun Watson a lot. Somebody I feel like I have a similar playing style to. And then Joe Burrow, uh, being able to create, uh, not being the fastest guy ever, being able to kind of extend plays, uh, throw guys off of you, just be tough. And that's something that uh, that I feel like I do in this game. So you have the first two quarterbacks that he idolizes, mm -hmm. and maybe two of the more controversial quarterbacks we've seen in the last, what, 20 years? With Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson. I think Michael Vick much less uh, in terms of being, in today's world, controversial. Of course, I'm not excusing what Michael Vick did, but Michael Vick did return to the NFL, and before the dogfighting scandal... Michael Vick was one of the best quarterbacks in the game. So for C.J. Yep. Stroud to say, hey, you know, I did look up to him. He was a black quarterback. He was showing that, you know, a black quarterback didn't always have to be a runner. He was a very underrated pocket passer. I idolized him, and I wanted to maybe change my game to mimic him, I guess I would say, in, in lack of a better term there. The Deshaun Watson one, I, I understand that Deshaun Watson was a good quarterback at one point in time, but I really don't understand, Shane, that with these draft interviews, there has to be somebody in your even if it doesn't you don't like believe in what you're saying. That sounds bad to say, but no, I feel like an, an agent or a parent has to say, they're gonna ask you this and make yep. sure you say this so that it doesn't rub an organization or a GM or an owner the wrong way. Now CJ Stroud's gonna go top five. I don't I have no doubt in my mind. But to me, it kind of feels like when 18, 19, 20-year-olds are put in front of a camera, they're put up on a podium, they are going to answer things honestly most of the time, which is a good thing. But in yeah. this case, oh boy, I mean, I guess I could understand Michael Vick. I really could, and I, I'm not trying to say I'm excusing what he said. I'll double back on that. Cause well, I, let me stop you right there, though. Before you start weeping for C.J. Stroud for bringing up Michael Vick, Vick went to prison. He did. I mean, he he paid his debt to society, literally. So, and if you still want to talk about Mike Vick in that way as a player, I think you're fine there. Yes, and I, I don't think anything he said in these statements were necessarily bad. Like, he no. didn't say, oh, I idolized Deshaun Watson for who he is as a person. I really love his okay, character. Right, right, yeah, right. If he yeah. says that, that's different. Um, but I think sometimes the context, and the reason I would bring it up today— I don't. I'm not coming out here bringing down C.J. Stroud and saying what he said is is stupid. It's horrible. It's, it's, you can never recover from that. It's a news story though, and mm -hmm. I think what's fascinating about it is that in the NFL and especially in these interviews, it takes one little thing that you say wrong or that could rub a team the wrong way, and you're dropping. Right, not as dramatic as the stupid ass movie Draft Day, where you don't take the dollar <laughs> bill at the end of the book. Not anything like that. Right. But sometimes stuff like this, it pops up. And then that player is in the media for the wrong reasons. And just go on Twitter right now. C.J. Stroud's in the media on Twitter for the wrong reasons. They're making memes about him, saying how pissed off his PR team has to be. That the two guys he picked that he idolized are two guys that had a lot of off-field trouble. And one guy that probably is the most hated quarterback in the league, not named what? Yeah, in terms of just success. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Like, people hate Deshaun Watson now 
not because of how good he is, but because who he is as a person and yeah. what he did off the field. And C.J. Stroud, you know, it's unfortunate for him because probably when he was, what, 10, 11, 12 years old, Deshaun Watson was one of the best black quarterbacks in the league. You know, he was up there with the rivalry of Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson. He was those three quarterbacks. So I'm sure that's the truth of what he's saying. But sometimes, you know, you get you get caught up in that because he's going to answer things honestly. He's an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, 21-year-old kid probably. But you just have to reel it back in a little bit. Like, for example, there's some times where you may have an honest statement or an honest opinion, but you just know it's not the right context to say. For example... If somebody asked me, and this isn't true, but let's just say somebody asked me for the heck of it here, uh, who's your favorite pop singer? Who's your favorite R&B singer? And I said R. Kelly. Uh Like People would go, that's uh, a little uncomfortable. Yeah, Uh like you you couldn't have just lied and said somebody else like Usher, you know, or or Chris (laughs) Brown. And Chris Brown wouldn't have been that much better of an answer. No, can't say (laughs) So, yeah, maybe I'm being hypocritical here. But but picking somebody that maybe is just better perceived. And you know what? When I've been in job interviews, when when I've talked to friends, you try to blend in somewhere. I'm not saying I'm lying at all. But you kind of can be a chameleon a little bit and blend into maybe what some people want to hear. They'll tell you that sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're going to job interviews. You know, you want to be yourself. You want to be authentic. But sometimes... You can't be yourself in a job interview. Yes. You, trust me, you can't. It pays can't. to kind of tell the the person hiring you, the person going after you, what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I would be sure that a lot of franchises out there are looking at C.J. Stroud and saying, man, you know who I would have loved to hear they idolize? Maybe a guy like Lamar Jackson, a guy, in, a guy like Patrick Mahomes. It may not be true. I'm sure he likes watching those guys play. And I'm sure that C.J. Stroud growing up, maybe when he was little, he's trying to be Michael Vick in the backyard. Or maybe when he's in middle school or high school, he's going, man, I, I really want to be Deshaun Watson. But in today's world, today's NFL, hearing those guys' names as a player that idolizes them, it's always going to be taken the opposite way. Like, for example, you're never going to be able to say publicly that your favorite player is like Michael Vick or Deshaun Watson, and you're not going to get some heat for it. Yep. You know, that's just the way it's going to be. That's today's society. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. As you pointed out, Michael Vick, for as bad as a thing that he did, he went to prison, he paid his time. There are people that believe that and say, hey, Stop criticizing Michael Vick. He did go to prison. He did exactly what everybody said was the not thing to do in that moment. He went to prison, what everybody wanted to have happen, and he he did that. There's nothing more. It wasn't like you can go back now and say, wow, he got off easy. I think, if anything, people would say, well, I wish he would have had a lifetime ban from the NFL. But, Shane, we know it's in the NFL. There's really no lifetime ban except if it's, what, Ray Rice? I would say Ray Ray Rice got the lifetime ban. I'm blanking on it. It it takes a lot. It takes a lot, a lot, a lot to get banned from the NFL. And we've seen that back 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, and even today. And I think for a guy like Michael Vick, like that was always going to happen. He was always going to get back into the NFL. Now and why? Because he's freaking good. Yeah. It's, Just it's like a, I'm sure this Newton kid that was a good wrestler. That's why yeah. you, you're going to get extra chances. Yeah. And it's, it's a money-making business, and sometimes it sounds a bit shallow and people don't want to hear that. But in the NFL – it is all about making money. And I think, you know, kind of getting off on a tangent here, some guys don't really pay attention two, three years after an incident happens. Right now, the Deshaun Watson story was very centric last offseason. Remember, everybody's following mm-hmm. it. Everybody's following the trial. And I still think people out there, the majority, I would say 95% of NFL fans hate Deshaun Watson. Hell, there's probably Browns fans that hate Deshaun Watson. Yeah, And it doesn't matter if he's really good or he's really bad. People are going to hate him for off-field stuff. It's just sometimes so tough for a teenager, and I'll even say a teenager here. CJ Stroud is a couple years younger than me. But if I'm thrown up there and I'm being asked questions, there may be something that I slip up on that sounds a little bit off or sounds bad or you come off too cocky or you come off too boring. It is such a limelight to be put in. And the reason I wanted to bring this up as a story of the week is that to show that it takes one slip up. And you may not call this a slip up, but something that could rub the media the wrong way. And in today's world where you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have TikTok, this will run rampant. There's going to be memes well, you know out there. who else you need to worry about rubbing the wrong way? is those rich, white owners of yep. football teams. Too. Absolutely. And, you know, C.J. Stroud went into that, and when he probably got that question, he thought, hell, I'm going to be honest. Or I'm going to say exactly who I idolized growing up. It was You're going to get Vick. a lot more of this from C.J. Stroud, because what I thought you were going to talk about 
was something I saw earlier this morning on Twitter when he was asked about Justin Fields and the meeting that he had with the Bears. Mm -hmm. He said, and I'm quoting, he ain't no damn running back. He's a quarterback. He can sling it. I don't want to go there. That's Justin's team, unquote. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get a lot of uh, fresh takes right out of the C.J. Stroud oven before this is all said and done, if he's saying stuff like that, and your story of the week. And I'm all for it. I'm here I'm here to hear everything C.J. Stroud has to say. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes back to the point I said where you don't want to be, you know, completely honest all the time. And I, I know it sounds so bad, but you got to be a little bit authentic, right? you got to have a personality. And I think C.J. Stroud has that. And I think the thing he said about Justin Fields – other than saying he doesn't want to go to Chicago, because then what happens, right? What if they trade Justin Fields and want C.J. Mm-hmm. Stroud? That's right. a bit awkward now, if you ask uh, me. Yeah. But, you know, I think overall you have that personality. Owners and GMs want that in their quarterback. And, again, what he said about Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson, that's not going to hurt his draft stock. Let's go out there and get that out of the way. But it just goes to show you with these guys going up on the podium, and especially top ten picks, it takes one slip-up. One bad sentence, one bad answer, or just one thing that people don't agree with, and it's going to be all over social media, and there will be franchises that say, I don't want that type of publicity. I don't want to have to deal with something like that. Think the Jalen Carter thing, a much different scenario. He gets in trouble off the field, but let's say he walks away unscathed from that. It's still something that hangs over your head, and franchises look at that and say, it takes one moment, one lapse in judgment, and this could potentially dictate where this player goes. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. I think C.J. Stroud has the chance, and maybe this is kind of dumb in saying, but has a really good chance to be the best quarterback of this draft class, but it's also a very loaded draft class. I just thought it was interesting today that, you know, 20 minutes ago, we're all talking positively about C.J. Stroud. We're talking about what he said about the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, and then, boom, the quarterbacks he idolizes are two quarterbacks that may be one of the more controversial (laughs) guys or two of the most controversial guys in the last 20 years of the NFL. And maybe... Just maybe the one position that you're bulletproof is if you're in his shoes and you're a top 10 quarterback, a top, you know, perceived to be going in the top 10 at that position. If he's a offensive tackle, um, if he's a safety, yeah, maybe he, maybe he drops because of what he says. Uh, but, if you're hungry for a quarterback, and there are plenty of teams in the NFL that are, I mean, he may even go second if the Colts trade up to take him, or if the, you know, the the uh, Texans trade back, you know, trade back and down to four, five, six, somewhere in there, he's going in the top ten, and so I mean, he could go marge shot on us probably, and survive this. There you go. There's your stories of the week. Brought to you by Derby Mattress, 105 South Baltimore. Their everyday prices beat the sale prices of the big box stores. Go see for yourself. Derby Mattress, stories of the week. We also need to remind you that since it's March and the selection show is one short week away, that you should head into Twin Peaks just as soon as you can. Uh, not only for happy hour, that starts at 3 o'clock, but ask for details uh, about the bracket challenge that they have. Get ready for the madness. Sign up for the Twin Peaks Bracket Challenge and get free chips and queso when you do. Go online, TwinPeaksBracketChallenge.com, to register and learn more all the way through next weekend. Selection Sunday is creeping up on us and also if you don't have lunch plans you haven't eaten yet and if you're observing lint head in there and try the fish and chips i highly recommend they're very good uh also sounding very good black and fish tacos shrimp caesar char grilled salmon so if you're going meatless head into twin peaks they'll hook you up east at 21st and rock west at ridge and taft twin peaks never settle when we return We need to check out the Twitter, at ESPN Wichita is where you can go uh, to vote and retweet. And also, 
Tomorrow, this series between Wichita State and Oakland in baseball, the home opening series, continues at 1 o'clock. If you want to go tomorrow, tomorrow at 1, family four-pack of tickets, be caller number 3. Call Jack at 316-669-4996. If you want to go to tomorrow's WSU baseball game at 1 o'clock, Call Jack, 316-669-4996. Good luck when we return. Twitter, it's 1249. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Kansas City Steak Company, another AmericanEagle.com success story. Started in 1932 as a family-owned butcher shop, today they're a leading distributor of superior all-American steaks delivered right to your door, ready for the grill and your taste buds. When it came to their website, an average site wouldn't do. They chose AmericanEagle.com to take their website to the next level. With a dramatic increase in competition and a softening market demand, they had two challenges. Improve their brand presence and message and produce a positive return. AmericanEagle.com got to work and executed usability studies and detailed audits of site experience, digital assets, and marketing. The result, an integrated digital marketing and customer experience plan, organic traffic increase of 20%, and a long-term roadmap for success. If you love great steaks, go to KansasCitySteaks.com. For website design, development, and online solutions that bring efficiency and results, visit AmericanEagle.com. If you need a results-driven website, call the team at AmericanEagle.com at 877-WEBNOW1. That's 877-WEBNOW1. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. The NFL Draft is coming to Union Station in Kansas City, and ESPN Wichita will have you covered. Tune in to hear every selection from the first overall pick to Mr. Irrelevant right here on ESPN Wichita. And as our local selection cards are turned in, we'll bring you instant reactions with press conferences and analysis. It's all right here on your official home for the NFL Draft, Wichita's 100,000-watt sports powerhouse, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. It is today that the NAIA Wrestling Championship has come to Hartman Arena. It's the 66th annual NAIA Wrestling National Championship for the fourth year in a row. It's a Hartman Arena. Today and tomorrow, 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. Format this year will feature individual national championship in 12 weight class, uh, 10 weight classes, sorry, a team championship based on individual finishes and a double elimination format with the top eight wrestlers in each class being named NAIA All-American. All session tickets already on sale. If you want to walk up, Day of, which is today or tomorrow, less than 20 bucks for a single session ticket. All, all session tickets 
uh, already been on sale. You know that by now. And the championship session will be live on ESPN3. For more information, head over to www.visitwichita.com. It's going on today and tomorrow. Don't miss it. All right, Twitter question has to do with the Big 12 tournament, basketball, where the top four, I believe, and not necessarily in this order, uh, are the teams up there on the Twitter question. At ESPN Wichita, who's winning it? Who wins the Big 12 Hoops tournament? Kansas, Texas, Baylor, K-State. 36.4% think Kansas is going to win it. And I don't know why I'm surprised, but I, I am. 34.5% of you say K-State's going to win it. So it's neck and neck between KU and K-State. As far as uh, the voters on the Twitter machine, Kansas 36.4%, K-State 34.5%. 21.8% say Baylor, 7.3% say Texas. Jack, is somebody not in this four foursome going to win the Big 12 tournament? Can they? I don't think it's possible. Uh, I I really, really doubt that it's going to be. Well, you know what, Shane? Like who? TCU. Who would be? Okay. I think TCU I know I've said this on the show before, and it's they're so inconsistent, which makes it tough. But they are, I think, talent-wise, a top three team in the Big Twelve. I mean, TCU with Mike Miles when he's on, they yep. may be one of the best teams in the Big Twelve. And I say that with Kansas, with Texas, with Baylor, with Kansas State. Like if TCU was healthy all year long, they absolutely would have been in the top three. There's no question about it for me. Uh, I think they would have made the Big Twelve a living hell for a lot of other teams. But the fact that they were so banged up at the wrong time in conference play, made everybody kind of write them off. But we've seen, man, them thump KU in Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, that may have been, if I'm not mistaken, the worst home loss for Bill Self in his time at Kansas. That game wasn't even close. I can't imagine there was one worse than that. I don't think there's been many that have been 15 or more. Hell, 10 or more, for that matter. Uh, And they won by 23. Then they beat Texas at the last game of the season to give KU uh, the top spot in the Big 12. They also thumped K-State uh, in Fort Worth. It's a team that's incredibly dangerous. But also with the Big 12 tournament, I think there's been very few times in my you know recent memory here, the last five to ten years, where it hasn't been a top three seed. It just always feels like they've got the best benefit. TCU, I think, will be a four or five, maybe even a six seed, which means they're going to have to play three games, or excuse me, four games, I think, instead of just three because Kansas will get the bye and Texas Baylor or Kansas State will get the bye. I think it's likely going to be one of those four teams. I know it's going to sound biased. I just feel like KU is going to have the best path, uh, assuming how that all shakes out on Saturday with the two, three, and four. But if Kansas gets that first run by, they'll get Texas Tech or West Virginia instead of maybe a sneaky Oklahoma State team. So I think it is going to be one of those four teams. TCU, though, is definitely uh, my wild card team, though, heading into Kansas City. Um, I know we've, we've talked about this here and there, uh, not exactly at length, at least I don't think so, but the opportunity that Kansas has to get the number one overall seed. Um, I can't remember who said it on Twitter. Maybe you saw it, Jack, uh, Jeff Goodman or somebody like that, was talking about all the quad one wins that Kansas has compared to the next closest team. Plus, they won the toughest league in the world um, with a couple of games left to go. Um, So by that logic, KU should absolutely be the number one overall seed. And I'm not sure if anything can happen um, adversity-wise from now until Selection Sunday that could change that at all, regardless of how they play or who they lose to. But we'll find out. And, uh, again, go to the Twitter if you haven't already. Vote and retweet at ESPN Wichita. We have uh, questions up there every single day that we have shows. Today's is simple. Who's going to win the Big 12 tournament? Kansas, Texas, Baylor, or K-State? And it's neck and neck between KU and K-State as of right now. We are right on top of the hour. The Can Equip KSIH Red Zone Hour coming up in hour number two. Director of Athletics Kevin Saul will drop by. We'll ask him how things have gone in his first eight months on the job. 
man, some other questions uh, like the RV Club weekend. What is that? He'll tell us. Coming up at 125. Uh, I'm old Jack Young, as usual, right at the end of the show, our final full segment where we have a little fun with music, sports, figures, and the like. That's coming up at about 145. But directly next, it's headlines, how Luca and Kyrie have made Dallas history and other goings-on throughout the world of sports. That's coming up next, hour number two. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.